Uh, fuck you, how long am I gonna cut that out? <laughs> I don't know, man. Just cut it out. <laughs> now I respond all of my messages with Yayi. <laughs> yeah, and then he winks and then licks his lips at the camera. What we're speaking right now is terrestrial English. Hell <laughs> <Hell> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> we're just gonna try to uh, do a few cook pies just like, to get the juices flowing. We could potentially see a World Cup being played across the world, which would be the sickest thing. We just wanna yeah. talk shit about everything we love. Orgy of sports, music, science, history, and uh, possible hints of swearing. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Decades. In this episode, we'll be focusing on a key topic within the 2010s, and that topic is the state of the environment. Now, we'll be talking about the environment with half an hour between me and John, and there will be possible hints of swearing. So if this isn't your cup of tea, then we suggest you to listen to something else but uh it's been a long time coming john hasn't it it's been i think half a year since we last recorded half a year since we last Record- recorded and published, published. Yeah. yeah it's 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 uh 2020 the back end of 2020 was a pretty stressful time i mm. think for everyone yeah um it's just yeah just just not a great we, year isn't yeah it? We, we lost our we lost the momentum i guess and then Back to this, I guess, was it was it a year ago at this time? Oh, a year and a month ago this time when we first had the idea of recording or even starting a podcast. And now... Of recording yeah, decades? I think, I think it was in December, yeah, actually, right? Actually December it was, or... It was December mm, just before we did our yeah. 2020 um, uh, year and decade prediction. Yeah. Which went horribly wrong. If you guys want to go, go and back listen, to the first episode uh, to 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 make fun of us and 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 realize how lost we can be sometimes. Uh, go listen yeah. to the episode. Um, I think, the... particularly for the environment, I think um, twenty twenty was like a double edged sword. Mm. Right, it was like the beginning of it really showed off like how badly the effects of climate change yeah. have been. Um, true. Like I think the bushfires and the flooding, but then towards the back end, you got all these stats about how it's been the best year for climate sh- or like uh, pollutants because everything uh, shut ever down, recorded, right? right? So, mm. yeah, yeah, and I guess that kind of reminds me of like a time when I I guess the first interaction I've had with the environment made me open my eyes was when I went to Borneo. Um, I think in twenty ten. Borneo's in uh, in Indonesia or to, Malaysia. Um, um, it's an island that's split between Malaysia and Indonesia. Oh, okay. So I am right. So it has two states. Yeah, two states in Malaysia. It has um, Brunei, and then it has the rest of uh, uh, some some. I think a lot of uh, Indonesian states. But yeah, anyway, our main purpose was to go as part of CAS as an IB trip to replant deforested areas across of mm. Sabah, right? And also the fun part was that we got to hike like Mount Kinabalu and stuff. So I think the the real thing that struck me was I went we went, we hiked Mount Kinabalu. It was beautiful. It was untouched nature, like it because it was so yeah. preserved, right? And then the direct contrast of when we went to these logging sites was like immense. And I don't think anyone realized how much um 
how how much an acre or two acres really is when you look at it right it feels barren it's so big and empty and it takes 20 years for it to get back to its original state by planting yeah. these trees and the effort it takes to bring it all the trees up the river plant and give life back to all these animals who they actually had a sanctuary nearby that they saved all these animals from that from that uh, yeah. barren site um it's it's a uh, I think that was the first time I really realized and I was like people just don't realize how mass how much mass destruction is actually involved in these kind of like operations are actually occurring right um, but yeah um how about you JT any mm. any any um any touches when 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 did you awake to um the problem of climate change and awake. environment when did I awake I can give you a recent experience. Oh, that's that's caught me off guard. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know when I awake to it. Um, I I, I how, think, about, how about a recent yeah, okay, experience? I guess first time, well, not first time. One of the first memories, I guess, would be when I studied in Beijing, um, in international school. And I don't think it hit me at the time, but the pollution in Beijing was quite bad. Um, the AQI. I think most people wouldn't know what that is, air quality index, because the air quality is too good in other countries. You usually don't take a look of the AQI. For reference, I think by the WHO, the AQI above 50 is considered hazardous for humans. And it was an average yeah. of around 200 when I was living in Beijing, and this was like in 2014. So then Jesus you couldn't Christ. actually see outside the the window it was just gray it was just smog and i think this was it really yeah like yeah it was it was but it didn't hit me at the time wow. because i was just growing up there right and you would be like oh this is normal um if you if you cleaned your nose with with um pa paper with with paper right you'd get like black sediment inside your nose so your snot would be would be Whoa. let's say a bit yellow oh, if you're sick it's yellow it'll be it'll be it'll be mucusy with a few black i don't know what you call it part particulates and wow. then it wasn't until i came to study that's to australia that i realized that's that really wow scary. okay that's not what it's supposed to be um yeah Damn. so that's how bad the air quality was and i guess i i recently watched the queen the netflix series and they had the great smog over london right and I'm, i believe all these industrial nations would have gone through the same thing um and then yep just at different times when yeah. they're developing um and yeah. i think that's something that we'll have to cover in a few uh in one of our later topics that we have planned but the most recent one that i have in mind relating to the environment was when i got my diving um experience over in ningaloo reef which is in western australia it's a unesco protected site and when you go when you go diving then you see, when you go diving, you you see all these marine animals in the water, and they're so peaceful. They don't they don't attack you. They're just normal fish. Um, yep. Aside from the sharks, right? But everything is so peaceful down there. It's a whole different world, and it that's when I awaked. I guess it's like why would anyone choose to eat fish? Choose to eat these animals if they're not doing anything against you, right? I understand if it's for for it's like hunting oh, for like just... for, for our ancestors they had to get fish for sustenance but when you do it in a mass level 
um, I, I don't see any purpose to that. I, I, I see, like, if you consider yeah, it to be even, beautiful, isn't that destroying... contradict you about what you believe about the the environment? The same thing that urges urges me is when I guess even, people go hiking and then they're like, "Oh, I love I love hiking. It's so beautiful." And yeah. then at the same time, they'll just like throw trash along the trail. Yeah, exactly. Like contradiction mm. is real. I think in in how we behave. I think even even if you look at our individual lives, like you, you could say like, "Oh, we're woke. We do blah 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 blah." For the environment, but then you check our daily like mm, electricity yeah. or uh, carbon footprint consumption, and I think you'd be shocked. yeah. And it applies the same to us. Um, so we're not we're not pretending especially to be. Um, um, to be what do you, we're, we're not. I think every, I think it's a step everyone can do, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not yeah. virtue signaling here, but uh, that is one of the things I think that awoke us, that woke me at least, and that was recently. Yeah, yeah. I think animals played a big mm. part for me. I think just destroying their homes really you don't know what it means until you see it in reality. It's it's very sad. There was also very a sad. thing that I did recently with microplastics. Do you know about those things? Micro and micro and mini plastics. Um, yeah, yeah. And so this is along yeah. the the beach in Perth, and. The, the, essentially it's like a community science community science project where we go to these beaches and we we try to figure out w- where the plastic comes from right and i guess plastic pollution in the water is quite intense and so i think this can lead to our first question of our quick fire um as part of our structure to our episodes we always do some quick fires because they're a bit fun so the question i have for you john Every year, um, this organization will release the 10 most polluting companies in the world. So in 2018, can you name four of the top 10? Now, I chose four because three of them you can just randomly guess, and I'm sure you'll be right. But can you name four yeah. of the top 10? I, I know. Uh, this one I know because mm. I've seen over the years. That's why um, four. <laughs> Is it Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi I and Coke are our Coke top two. Yeah, Coca Cola is one. Pepsi Co is two. Oh, Pepsi's yeah, number Pepsi two. Is two. Oh, I thought it was just one of them. But but surely you think okay. about it. Coca Cola has more um, subsidiaries, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just thought it would just be Coke, um, and that they were the evil scum of the FMG yeah. FMCG world. But like, I guess it's a yeah, trend. Yeah. So you've named um, two. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say is Unilever, Unilever there? is there? Yeah, that's number four. I think a lot of people don't know Unilever. Yeah, as I think one of the. So so if you look at your shampoo bottle, guys, if you look at it and there's like a U somewhere on the on the branding, that's probably Unilever. It's it's the biggest um biggest or second biggest, behind Procter and Gamble FMCG mm, companies mm. in the world, and FMCG are like notorious for uh, mm. pollution you would think it's a lot of the oil and gas companies but fmcg and meat production companies are usually yep. up there you've actually um, named a I fourth one there my last guess yeah you've Pop named a fourth Gamble, one right? that's number so, unilever was number four in 2018 and P, um, png was number seven so you've named four uh, that's that's really good woo! um on the list okay. here there's also is that yeah 
Shell's Shell not then. there. No, I think. Alright, go on, go on. Oh, maybe these right, are. I think these are plastic polluters. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. Go on, go on. Um, you number say. so there's there's also uh, the um remaining. Mars. I didn't know Mars was that big. Uh, and th- there's Huge. there's one two. Ah, and Colgate was number nine. Colgate Palmolive is apparently is a merger, but there's three here that I've never heard of. Modelez, have you heard of them? <laughs> Modelez, nope. I don't know what holding company they are. Number eight, Philip Morris International. I don't know what they do. <laughs> um, <coughs> familiar, but, but we're I'm, clueless. And number ten is Perfetti Van Mel. <laughs> no, no. Clue. So just to say that I, I bet they're just yeah. holding, holding companies for a lot of famous mm, things we, that we, yeah. we buy. They're probably involved yeah. somehow. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's my yeah. first quick fire, John. I hope that um, blew some of your minds, our listeners. And I'm very surprised you you can do na- you can I'm name just, at least I'm, four. I'm just yeah. happy I got it. <laughs> I'm just happy I got it. Yeah. Like I think. I think um, the the Coke and Pepsi one I just mm. saw in the news, but FMCG like the two like Procter and Gamble and stuff was just like a, a mm. bit of a guess. I'm happy that it's stuck. Um, my yes. question for you: um, In what period can you find the twenty hottest years on record? So, just as a just as an example, is it the last? 30 years is it the last 42 years is it the last you know this has to be the last 30 what years right period it's close it's actually the last 22 years that you can find was the hottest years on record <laughs> so the last 22 years 20... is the 22 years most record 20 out oh of the last 22 years. There's a gap between 03 okay. and 04. Wow. But 20 out of the last 22 years, I don't know what that is in mm. percentage, is the, are the hottest years wow. ever recorded. Um, which is mm. insane. We're, we're beating our own record every single year as a human I'm, race. I'm, I'm very proud to be a human right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very proud. Okay, here's a basic science question yep. for you. What is the process that converts carbon dioxide to oxygen going back to biology class respirate um (laughs) photosynthesis now the follow-up which organism is collectively responsible for most of the photosynthesis in the world one single organism yeah organism but there's many of these organisms i guess is it is it it's like one is it probably one of those giant fungus structure things so like um or like a reef so either like a great barrier reef or like some fungus in america that's like huge fungus or, red, <laughs> or like some mushroom I don't, I don't know. like is, isn't there like a un, yeah there's like a mushroom that or, or is it like redwood trees hmm. like hmm. i don't know I, I'm i'm gonna go for the Barrier Reef? I'm going to go for Sequoia trees. <laughs> so this is, I guess it's it's been quite misleading in the media. They call the Amazon the the lungs of the earth, right? Because, because of the oxygen it produces. Yes. But it's actually phytoplankton within the ocean. 
that collectively responsible Ooh. for most of the photosynthesis. So it is kind of the stuff in the reefs, I guess. Um, so so when yeah. I went diving, they told us to be quite careful because um, once you once you kick up the the sand and the dirt, right, that will create that disturbs the environment, and then when the I think the smaller organisms, I'm not sure about phytoplankton, but the smaller organisms get into the ocean, then the fish can come eat it, whereas before they were hidden be beneath the soil. Um, so, yeah, collectively responsible. Ah. Mm. Phytoplankton. Yes. Ah, I get, I get what you mean. Okay. Give me one. All right. Um, let's see. Let's call out. Let's call out some uh, some people now for uh, damaging our environment. So everyone knows <laughs> the biggest pollutant in the world right now is China, right? I think it produces twenty seven percent of the world's mm. pollutants. But which countries have emitted the most in collective time? Because this is the thing that we were, we were alluding to before. It's that. Every major country that has developed and come and become developed in the Western world now has gone through an industrial period that was disastrous for the environment, right? And we just overlook it just because now developing nations that want to get on the same level in terms of economic scale, they're going through that whole process, China and in Asia and stuff. Um, but... Are they really the bad guys? Like, who in total in recorded history has produced the most uh, uh, pollutants? Is it the US, the EU, or China? And in what order? The US, the EU, and then China. <laughs> hey! <laughs> no points for you for easy one. Yeah, I, the US, I think, was... 40% mm. of total global emissions ever recorded. Uh, the EU was at 23 and China was at like 17 or something so, like that. So, so they're catching and up. And each of the developing nations... Yeah, but each of the developing nations is kind mm. of drop off as well. They like... I think India was like 10% today. Historically, it's like 2%. So yeah, that's... Uh, and, and going on from that... Um, who do you think makes the most emissions per person in the world? Which country, right? Which country would like, you guess? Is this is per it person per year? Besides, or besides, not, I not think historically, right? Per per year, per year, and also just a caveat: the top eight are all these anomalies that are like small um, oil-producing yeah. nations. Uh, like Qatar and Brunei and things like that. So besides them, when you're talking about normal consumption and not just oil production in these tiny countries, I was gonna go for Saudi Arabia be before you you told me that. Um, but so yeah. it has to be a a relatively small yeah. population, and also I'm mm -hmm. guessing gonna somewhere in Europe. Um, maybe Germany, maybe, maybe France. Huh. Maybe maybe I'll go with Germany, or no, or even Japan. Germany, Germany's um okay, second. Okay. The 
number one's actually Australia. Ooh, okay. I guess so. Yeah, Australia is quite developed in that sense, and、uh, a lot of the emissions are developed and developed emissions.、Hmm. Yep, developed and small, small population. It goes Australia, Germany, and、mm. then Canada for the most pol- most emissions per person per year. Actually, would you wouldn't have、no. expected that? I think I I don't think no, not Australia. Australia just. Doesn't Australia seem just、like、seems that, it, always.、Like、you don't really ever consider Australia about anything, really. <laughs> yeah, but but I guess yeah. Australia is Australia is part of、so、Eurovision, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, hip, hip. So I guess it was right. It was part of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just surprising that these countries that now seem so far in the ecological footprint are just you know they're not as Mm. Innocent as we think. All right, hit me with one. You have one more. Yeah, one、okay. more, and I'll do、so、one more, and then we wrap this up. Sure. So, globally, again, which of the following, or you could you could random guess, or I could give you four. Which of the following economic sectors emit the largest percentage of greenhouse gas emissions? So is it? You can either guess, have a wild guess, and get extra points, or it's transportation, buildings, industry, or electricity and heat production. Which one of these emit the largest percentage of greenhouse gas emissions? Oh shit! Meat production isn't in there. Um. Uh. I would say. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's. Oh, sorry. Another one. Agriculture. Forestry and other land use. All right, just because it wasn't included first, I I know it's not that. So,、um, I'll go for transportation. Transportation. Um, I actually don't know which percentage that is, but the largest one is not that. The largest one is electricity production. Ah, electricity.、Mm. And and when you said meat production, so electricity was twenty five percent, and agriculture was twenty four percent. So. You you probably do get double points for naming a sector that I did not put into the multiple choice. Hey, <laughs> I I know I know meat production and and mass、uh, food production、mm. is bad as well, um in the current state. All right, I'll I, hit you. Yeah, I think that's the that's the one of the、yep. things with renewable energies, right? Is that you you're not produce oh. Okay, maybe maybe that's something else. Maybe maybe electricity is maybe the reason why it's still the largest is because it's coal, but if you have electricity with renewables, yeah,、exactly. then that would probably decrease、exactly. by quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah.、Um, the、ahead. last one I have for you is a true or false. It takes just、yeah. one week for an average American to admit as much as the average Nigerian will admit in a year. This seems too ridic too ridiculous. So I'm gonna say it's true. It's actually false. Because because according、oh, okay. to some studies or like a lot of、uh, a few metrics here and there, it takes just two point three days for the average American to admit as much、oh、as the、God. average、even、Nigerian. Okay, even will、less. admit in one year. All right. Yeah. Two point three. All right. Days. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Let that sink in. Um, I guess I'll I'll bring it back to Australia here. 
and or maybe even the world. So we jump into our second section, and it seems quite obvious for, say, us individuals to know that climate change is happening, but the key question is why are we so divided? Why why does it take so long for collective and comprehensive and decisive action on climate change because um, like based on the quick fire especially questions, the government like the political level right yeah like like based yeah. on what we were just mentioning in the intro to this uh, episode in the quick fires and also all the science that goes out there it should seem pretty obvious right but but mm. it's not always the case um why do you think that is jt why do I think that? Why is? do you think? Why I do think you think there's so many people that are on for it, and then there's a huge divide, and and if you take a public opinion in a lot of uh, developed countries, that you know it's a it's an act of God, climate change, or uh, humans aren't responsible for creating climate change. Because I I don't know if this is a. This could probably be one factor. It, couple, it probably could be a developed nation thing. So you know how say like vaccines. I don't know. I don't know the exact figures for for climate change, but vaccines, right? Vaccine usage is usually the highest in developing nations mm-hmm. because they've seen firsthand the effects of measles and uh, rubella. Mm-hmm. But it actually goes the opposite in developed nations. So in affluent neighborhoods are actually those areas in which vaccine use is lo- is is lower. So I think with climate change it goes something similar to in that um in that sense. With scientists, a vast majority of those who publish agree that humans are causing a responsible. But I think because climate change is so indirect, you ca- you can't really you can't really one see it. In, it's not out, like oh, right? I'm gonna throw away like this that. plastic. Yeah. yeah, it's not like I I I drink I um I I drive my car. It burns the fuel. It's not like my my house would get on fire. If that was the case, I think people would would um would act much more urgently. That's that's a that's a good but, point. You know, like um in terms of um most of climate change, unfortunately, the 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 disastrous impact is actually in developing. Uh, parts of the world and they yeah. actually see it and and you won't see it yeah and you won't see it as in, in in certain parts of the world like the floods that happened in africa recently or um yeah just um i guess i guess i guess one thing is also i guess like the the the, the mistrust of facts and science that's going around right now uh prevalent in the world mm. and social media doesn't help but I think I think climate change has become one of those issues that is just sadly being politicized. And if you stand for climate change, you're standing with one thought or like one ideological perspective on like politics and the economy. And if you don't, you're standing with the other side. And it and it and it and it becomes much bigger than climate change. It's not about so much that we want um a green world anymore it's like we it's it becomes do we want the government interfering in a free market and do we want governments taking away our jobs or do we trust the government in transitioning to different types of 
renewable energy and keeping everyone uh, fed and equally paid and things like this. And I think there's a huge push against the left wing that we saw in the last six years in developing nations um, that are historically the, the, the favors of uh, science and, and, and the climate change and things like this. And I think now it's become more of a, like a stamp of identity even um, because it's so politi- politicized. Like it, it's so, it doesn't... S- I, I actually think it doesn't matter that much for individuals. Like I don't think these public polls matter that much because if there was actual political will there would be action but it's because so it's because they elect it's, it's within the political sphere no i i think if the governments actually wanted to they could you could see with the stuff with with lockdowns and corona most of the governments have been able to implement lockdowns um not it's not, just not, how not far true, though. like the more right the right uh leaning countries of the world the states uh the uk and stuff recently they couldn't implement strict lockdowns and things like this just because that's their philosophy, right? A hands-off government is the is the right-wing approach, and 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 to favor business over all else just because of profit. No, no, profit it, creation, it, it right? is possible. It, it it is possible. It maybe maybe the lo- okay. So w- with I don't, I don't want to get into specific examples, but. With, with with Biden, right? Like he he just passed an executive order that he made it mandatory to wear a mask, right? And it was I don't know what the consequence is. Is it illegal or you get fined, right? There's like federal yeah law behind it that you have to wear a mask. So it is as simple as that, I think. Yeah, but however, but... they are I I think it's it's the political lobbying by by the fossil fuels by by big oil or by big yeah exactly uh, essentially big oil that that stops the politicians from acting it's not the it's not the division with it's not like it's not that there's only 30 percent approval rate no no it's by the republicans it, on on climate change it's, it's it's not about polling in terms of like that it's just because people now elect two different parties in a lot of developing worlds that have drastically different priorities Right, and when they elected the Trump administration, they it it stood for things like drawing from the Paris, uh, climate agreement and things like this, like uh, pouring more money into oil companies and subsidies for them rather than clean energy. It's 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 become like I I it could it could in the future. I, it's just one of the sad things, like healthcare as well, like. The left believes mm. it's a universal right for everyone. The right doesn't. It thinks that it should belong mm. to the free market with insurance companies. And it's just sad that these kind of like basic human principles or like rights have become like politicized or. So the disagreement, to summarize, the disagreement within the public, mainly comes from the politicalization of the of this issue. I, I, that's what I think, but I think there's a bunch of other reasons as well. Like like you mentioned, like people just can't see one equating to one. Um, it's hard to take that. That's step. as to why they that why why they can't. Um, yeah, th- that too. It's it's uh, it's more complex than a direct causal relationship. Yeah, yeah, and and you have to have just a really large 
literacy in science and a really high belief in it to actually trust that what 97% of scientists agree upon is actually true. So there's a lot of other reasons as well that we haven't touched on, but I guess... Um, uh, with what you raised earlier with your quick fires also comes into this, right? I think why there is so slow action, especially with um, the Paris Agreement, is that it's hard to pinpoint responsibility for climate change, yep. especially at a international level. So, as you said, the Nigerian, it takes 2.3 days for an average American yep. to... Um, Emit the same... To match yep. the... Uh, carbon footprint as a Nigerian in a year so is it people won't want to change as well so the American is not going to want to give up his lifestyle give up their 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 cars their money in exchange for that so they're not going to want to take on responsibility because it doesn't affect them, drastically yeah. decrease yeah and unfortunately in Nigeria they probably bear more of the burden and it'll be wrong for them to not wrong well they have other priorities to take care about than to care about the climate in which they had very little responsibility in. But now they have to take on the responsibility. Yeah. Um, and, 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 it, and I feel like it's just it's just like one one person pushing on to another. The, the responsibility. It's, it's the tragedy yeah. of the comments, the common sphere. So everyone's like, oh, you do it, you do it, until no one does yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And s- sadly, that's like, that's just human behavior. And, and, the, and, and that's just like and, school again, right? And the way that like... um. People just think that it's just too much with climate change. Like we're already at a point where mm. there's no there's no good news ever about climate change, and um, mm. it's just like fatigue. Everyone's like, "Ah, oh, we're already here. Who cares? It's not going to make a difference." I'm, we're I'm getting a lot of lot of fatigue from 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 COVID fatigue, yeah. from climate change yeah. fatigue. The, the, I have so much political political or even social activism p- apathy right now. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really true. Like it's mm-hmm. just every day you hear it, but nothing changes. I think that puts makes creates like a sense of delusion when it comes to these kind of goals. Mm. To to throw in an, another another um key thing here, so we'll move on to our third topic, and a key thing that is a common thread for all these developing nations is that they all run by the political system of capitalism. And so the question that we're going to delve into here is, can climate change and capitalism get along? Is it even possible? Is capitalism capable of change? Is capitalism the problem for climate change? Or whether or not do we have to def- redefine capitalism or redefine our political systems to make them more in line with climate change, John? So, I think we rely on the free market and capitalism to um, innovate and fix all the problems that society and humans are facing, right? So. We, we rely on it to say one day correct and produce the best medical drugs or the best kind of uh, infrastructure and things like that. And it has, but only when there's significant money to gain from it. So capitalism in its yeah. own, it's, it's about pro- profit chasing, revenue chasing and growth, right? And to contribute to a GDP, 
um, create more jobs, create more innovation, and blah, 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 blah. But what happens when something is needed by society that isn't valuable in the way we see it now? Because green energy isn't valuable as valuable as fossil fuels now. Uh, that's just the reality of things, right? It, it, it costs significant amounts of money for these companies to go in and change everything to uh, a green infrastructure and roll out a more expensive energy that could cost people tons of jobs and could um, inflate the prices of every single good that you actually own, right? Because everything is re relies on a certain amount of energy to either manufacture or distribute. So how do we actually... So my, my problem is I, don't, I just don't trust that um, it will ever be valuable enough uh, for companies to chase this uh, green energy or like sustainability because there's no price at the end there's no money there's no profit that's just a green environment uh, that we can imagine 50 years into the future which which they won't be around for so i i just don't think that this can continue without rail guards and then the same as as, as drug production as well we've seen how exploited that industry has become um so yeah, um, yeah. I'll, when you when you mentioned that with with capitalism, right? Um, and that they only pursue things that they have a prize with the money. Um, it reminded me of one of the things about Pfizer giving up on creating. I forget what type of drug, but it was a a type of vaccine, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they stopped production of it because, and they were the only company still doing it. But they stopped it because there there was no market they were just throwing a lot of money into r&d yep. do you remember the yeah I, I, th I think i think i remember something like this um where where and and they they stopped stopped researching into it because at the end it would just be too costly and so i guess what covid has this year shown is that we can create vaccines for a lot of things for we can do the research into it but there has to be a guarantee of some sort by the government so um biontech and pfizer were created the or moderna were creating vaccines for covid because they had the backing from the government knowing that if they created it, these governments would buy and they it, would right? cash in and that and that is the uh significant problem right and all these companies they raise if there's not enough of a market they don't they give up drug trials if there's a big market they raise prices for the drugs um, similar in that situation mm. when we come back to climate change there needs to be like you mentioned before a new way of defining value in our society like is a company's value tied to how much money it could make or it, do you, do you, is there anything else it could be tied to um, do you think yeah I think I think so yeah um, like what I think one of the key like like uh, for the for the for the company right I guess I don't know how this is going to happen, um, but say with, with sustainability goals, with well-being of its employees, with, with happiness, right? If we use these different measures instead of using growth, instead of using GDP as the main source of uh, main, main, measuring main outcome that, the, right? that, yeah. Yeah, that, that these companies are all aiming for, 
then I think there there can be a change. But right now, the only thing that they do is is by logging down trees, opening new factories, new mining sites. Uh, yeah, because because they it assumes that they can infinitely create an infinite amount of uh, consumable goods from an infinite amount of resources that is human labor mm. or even natural resource. And it's not true um, that they can do that. So it ends up in um, deforestation, all these other things, and also exploitation of human labor overseas, um, right? And things like that. And and it's also made us really greedy consumers, right? Like what capitalism has done yeah. is create more and more products every single um, day and 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 it and it makes us hungry and and um, as consumers we're really chasing greedy. for other things yeah and we consume so much mm. um, products and energy and things like that and I think it's it's created quite a and and it's just a and it's just a vicious cycle yep, right yep. like um, it, it, it the whole system of capitalism relies on people buying stuff right but then what happens after you buy there's it? no that there's no cycle contributes to climate change right there it, it doesn't go anywhere else yeah, there's no and and that's the problem and like even even solutions now such as like recycling which some people argue that and, and i believe it which that it's a it's a um thing in which corporations have shifted the bl- the blame or shifted the responsibility onto individual consumers but the problem is no matter how much recycling i do so like yesterday i recycled um i think like 30 bottles right that i've had over the last two months yep. and in australia you can get 10 cents for every bottle so i got three dollars but no matter how much bottle recycling i can do it's not going to solve the initial problem because how much bottles does Coca-Cola or PepsiCo create a day exactly. just for their new exactly. Coke, right? And after you drink it, and the same thing, and these are very admirable, right? Like I've, I've done it myself too. Go to beach cleanups or go to like ocean cleanups. But you're not solving the problem like, because... I think the narrative has been... No, no they're like, they're going to encourage us. Exactly. They're like, oh yeah, you guys are doing so much thing for the environment. Exactly. But then at the same time, we're producing it's, like a shit ton. It's, it's actually bullshit. Like I think when you say like, oh, one person can make a difference. Yeah, sure, you can. But that's just shifting like all responsibility from powerful governments and corporations onto individuals. Like, bruh, control the supply, the demand will change, I feel. Mm. Like, like controlled where the source of the pollution is coming from right like like you mentioned and and i think things like um like you mentioned before i think the donut economy in terms of how you value companies uh is in that sweet spot between uh mm. wh- what are the two barriers you mentioned um um, I think ecological barrier and, and human human, human progress, and human progress right and there's and I think uh, mm. you were telling me or like you wrote down the other day uh, genuine progress indicator GPI as a way of measuring yeah. economic growth that's um, based on social and environmental factors right so like how happy you are uh, mm. racial and, and gender diversification job creation and also like sustainable for the environment and and if yeah. if governments can incentivize companies like this through either tax cuts or even subsidiaries subsidies or mass like checks that come in then it actually yeah. gives capitalism a steer in the right direction but if there's no reward you you, you can guide it right you can guide you it you can because it's true that it leads to the greatest innovation it's just that that innovation's mm. always ha- has a price tag 
in money at the moment and we need to change that to mean something else i remember i i had another um what do you call it? revelation and i think this came in when i was in my uh my journey of personal finance and learning about stocks right and everyone's like oh you should buy stocks you should buy etfs because the value of these stocks will keep on growing forever but i think when i when i heard that i just didn't understand why yeah, it grows forever yeah. like what what makes it grow forever on what basis does it do that and with with most companies oil companies is using these natural resources that eventually you're going to run out of someday exactly. and i guess what what's the next they go to the moon they do asteroids but that's still using natural resources right and which yeah. is unsustainable the current and, way of thinking um, yeah. i was reading about this uh, privacy i was reading another book about uh, listening to another book on about privacy yeah. now and the same thing is that these tech companies like facebook are using human data and they're exploiting us yep. in the same sense yep. right and so in the end we're going to be exploited to a point where i don't know we become depressed and anxious because of social media the same thing that we can say the world is depressed or the climate is depressed because of um the things that were causing the environment because we're exploiting it at unnatural levels at ridiculous levels all for the aim of profit right um yeah and, and facebook is doing it for profit yeah, and, and, and and they're they're just they're just what do you call it? they they're cloaking it with with saying oh we're going to personalize your data we're going to personalize your searches yeah, but they just right? but then and the same thing mm. but they're not right i think i think yeah it's just the whole model is based on the assumption that natural and human resources are infinite and it's not true yeah um or at least it shouldn't be true right because it puts a lot of people in desperate situations across the world and it puts a lot of natural resources um in the dirt like waste um so if we go back to the question so can climate change and capitalism get along i think our our consensus right now is that it probably cannot get along but what is this new form of capitalism called if do do is it even called capitalism if we have all these regulations and rules or do we oh okay so so i guess my question is you're asking for it to be redefined and to be reined in right with all these rules and regulations yes. will that in a sense still be capitalism or it would be. or do you want it or because i'm suggesting that we should completely revamp the system yeah. into yeah into another into another form i think the basis of capitalism is a good idea in the sense that it's about leaving the market unhinged from control so it can set its own prices innovate all these kind of things i think that kind of sense is important um but you're right in terms of i think um changing the government's involvement in such a uh economy it has to be much more social democratic like um the left wings in america has been speaking of or the, the um the scandinavian countries right like it has to be much more socially democratic mm. in terms of it takes social principles and things mm. that are human rights healthcare a clean environment clean access to water food mm. all these kind of things that has to be on the government to actually 
save or give incentives for in the economy so that capitalism, the beauty of capitalism can actually take place, which is innovation, right? Um, right now, there's no incentive to do these things. And these are basic human rights. This is where, like, I think there needs to come, like, a kind of agreement between the two. Maybe it's maybe then you call it a completely new um, system. Yeah. But I think it's just key industries need to be taken and and make an, and made um g- almost government institutions like how they did with transport how they do with energy like a lot of the time i think the government needs a more hands-on approach when it comes to and, and it's gonna be hard um this change if it does occur uh because like I said earlier, no one really wants to change. No one wants to give up their wealth and their opportunity. But that's what we need to do if we want to achieve the planet agreement. Uh, sorry, the Paris Agreement goals. Yeah. Um, for for the climate to get back to a state where it's sustainable. Yeah. Because otherwise, we've just created profit for profit's sake, and then in the end, just GG to our where we live profit needs to be one piece of the pie i guess right Mm. like we need we need a different way of valuing actions and outcomes in our society it can't always be about money and i don't have the answer to what how you actually instill that because it's a and it's um our podcast is too short for for discussion on these but I think, if anything, our little research um, that we've done um, has given you an insight into the issues. And I guess we wanted to revisit the 2010s again because I think the environment then was when we woke up to it. And that's what we decided to focus on today. Um, And I guess this is our new structure that we're aiming for instead of a long-form three-hour podcast that we, we thoroughly enjoy. And I'm sure we can continue talking about this because uh, we, I think that the time frame we've set for ourselves has been quite limited for for us. We can keep on talking, um, but for the sake of a beautiful podcast for our listeners, um, I think this will be it. This has been Decades 2010s Part 2, The State of the Environment. Um, we're coming back strong in 2021. And hopefully by by the end of the year, we'll have 10 podcast episodes for you to listen to. Um, I've enjoyed it back talking to a microphone and yeah, I missed um, it. seeing my friend John across the across the Indian Ocean. <laughs> yeah, I missed it. I missed it. Um, yeah, what can I say? Do better. Do better. That's what this deck is about. <laughs> <laughs>